Hello everyone, welcome back to The Only Podcast. I'm your host, James West. I'm joined by my co-host, Andy and Kelly. How are you both? Very good, thank you, James. Fantastic. Very good, excited about Christmas. Good, yes, we are very close. We've got a special guest today, Darren Northeast from Darren Northeast PR. Welcome, Darren. How are you? Hi, James. Yes, I'm good, thank you. Uh, nice to be here, nice to be invited along. Thank you so much for the invitation. Fantastic. So today we're talking about um, being heard, or can anybody hear me is the title of this. So we're talking about the noise of content business communications there's a lot of noise out there how can we be how can we stand out make ourselves heard so Darren's here for obvious reasons to talk about the PR um, and we're just going to have a chat about that so what do we think about that as a message how is the world noisier now or well no the question is is it becoming harder to communicate you had quite an interesting view on this because I think the consensus is yeah of course it's much harder there's so much noise. How do we communicate? What's your view, Darren? Well, um, I think, first of all, it's worth saying that I think my personal opinion is that it's much easier to communicate in this day and age because you've got so many more channels to utilise, whether that be TV, radio, print, PR, social media, um, networking. They're all ways of communicating that we didn't have going back 20, 30, 40 years ago and beyond. Very true. But what about communicating effectively that's a different thing isn't it and how do you stand out when there's such a melee of noise most yeah, of the time yeah, that's yeah. a different challenge isn't it for us really it's about um not just putting content out for content's sake have something to say have something worthwhile to say so we talked earlier about social media and putting content out and what people have kind of stopped doing if 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 i'm right in thinking this they're not putting out so much content as in what a lovely day we're having and you know this is what i'm having for my breakfast we've seemed to have gone beyond that so kind of the messaging today really is about yeah use all the channels but make sure it's good quality relevant timely content rather than just content for content's sake good point we're going to talk about the broader context because i think social media gets an inordinate amount of attention I think we all probably invest too much of our time in social media because it's so there. We can't really avoid it, but we'll talk about that. But Andy, what's your view? Are you finding it hard to get your message across for Pulsate now? I, I find it, it's not difficult to get your message across. I think it's focusing, like, as you say, the right content to put out there of value. Um, but because there's so many di different platforms, sometimes it can just stop you from actually doing anything. I find now what happens is that if you don't post anything for two or three weeks to say on social media, um, and then you post something, you get a lot of engagement, yeah. and then you go, oh great, this is good, I'm gonna do the same thing, and then there's hardly any engagement. And I think there's a there's so many different variables goes into making a post. Back in the day before social media and all this digital world, you used to go, right, I'm gonna do a leaflet, I'm gonna do a poster out, you couldn't gauge who was like looking at it, but you you knew somebody was physically taking the time to look at it. Now it's just like you just can scroll past it, scroll past it. Even stuff when I think, oh, something interesting, but I go, I'll come back to that. And then you think, you can't come back to it because you can't find it again. <laughs> and so, it's gone. And it's gone. It's, yeah, absolutely yeah. right. So I do find, I find it, you know, it is tough out there. So, yeah. yeah. So um, we're, that's, we're talking there a little bit about the disposable nature, if you like, of social media. Darren, you've come from a world like I do. We come from a print media world, don't we? 
talk about that and the kind of tactile side of marketing because I do think we overlook it, don't we? Mm. Now, I think um, people have kind of seen that that tactile something you can touch feel in your marketing has kind of gone away, and I think that could be coming back. And I'll just give you a small example there. I've heard many more people this year say they're actually going to do a physical Christmas card. They're not because we've kind of gone away from physical Christmas cards. So I think more people are going to be sending something tangible, and I think there's a marketplace for that. Uh, so that that whole um, uh, sending something in the post, um, I think that's going to make a comeback because people are great at social media, and we've talked about social media, and we can talk about it till the cows come home. But at some point, people do want something a bit different than just scrolling through LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. But I also also think people want ideas. They just don't want to be educated. They they want to plant ideas. So, um, for instance, um, the print lady Ainsley, she's done a fantastic job. She's been sending out print and showing how gorgeous it is. Mm. And what's triggered from that is people pick it up and like, look at this. Gives them an idea for promotional stuff as mm. well. It's mm. it's the different level of content of planting ideas. But you know, I, I agree. You know, when you get something through the post, you're like. Oh, what's this? This is pretty, whether it's embossed, shiny, mm. silver, mm. or something mm. like that. Now, now, the prime example of that is what you guys done a couple of months ago when you sent out your gifts. The response on social media that you yeah. got from that was phenomenal. Yeah. So if you, even if you put out a Facebook or an Instagram, you would not have got that level of engagement. But you got that level of engagement in the end yeah. because you've done, things, done something so physical. Definitely. It's the effort. I mean, I think... You're one person receiving that one box. We sent 220. It wasn't just an hour off to the post office, send 220 boxes. It was days, weeks, hours of mm. what should we put in the box? Let's collaborate with some brands that we kind of share culture with. And, mm. and what can we give? You know, uh, when we're putting the boxes together, that's the time as well. Forget the cost, because that's obviously a fact you have to think in as well. But I think the tangible stuff needs requires so much more effort time and money people tend to shy away from it mm, but as mm, you've said i mean mm. that our our social media accounts mm. went off the scale that yeah. week i we don't think we even posted anything for about 10 days to. because no, we were just no. everywhere and it, it was getting a bit like oh crikey we wherever yeah, we go you could, seeing it. and i think that point of cost is really important as well because people think well yeah but that cost x amount to do it but people don't tend to i think a lot of business owners don't necessarily calculate Unless their time is absolutely worthless, how often do you spend on social media? I mean, do we all, I don't mind admitting this, putting my hand up. I go on social media, certainly Facebook, LinkedIn, and probably Instagram every day. I spend some time on there and I don't particularly use them for personal. I mean, our brand kind of overlaps us as, you know, out and about. And and so how much of my business time is spent on social media if i didn't ever get anything from it that's a you can you can attach a cost to that can't you but people perhaps don't think in those terms you think so that's a really good point about those boxes that you sent out and the, the engagement that you received. From my point of view, one, it was nice to get something that was so physical and useful as well. Yes. But also to know that the time, love and care had gone into it. It's very easy to put a Facebook or an Instagram post out, isn't it? And as you say, James, it takes a few seconds. But then it takes a few seconds to go out, but it also takes a few seconds to be gone as well. Yes. So just think of the level of impact that those boxes yeah. 
are going to have and still have to this day. And you sent them out, what, two months ago now? Yeah, yeah, Six absolutely. weeks ago, something like that? We still see people, if they're reading on a weekend and they've got their bookmark in it, they'll Precisely. often tag us or, you know, the popcorn and, and the collaboration that that came about. You know, we now collaborate with Popcorn Shed and Tea and the gang because they saw something in us and, and we're able to give discounts to them and, and there's a bit Absolutely. of a, a relationship being yeah. built there. So yeah. it it's more than, I mean, our, our primary thought was we wanted to give back. We'd been so supported over this year by all of our members and we thought, right, let's just give something back. Uh, and that's when we come up with the boxes. But the knock-on effects of that have just been great, haven't they? They've lasted months. Do you, do you think, though, sometimes the reason why people don't go to the effort like you've gone to is because they're afraid what happens if it doesn't work? They're always thinking about the result they're going to get. If I put in X amount of time, X amount of money, I want to win X amount of clients from it. That's why it's easier to post something digitally, which is free and quick, like you just said, Darren. It's, it takes you two seconds to post, but two seconds it's gone. But it's not free, is it? And I think this is what we've got to get away from. And, and, and if we, we also build websites and we talk to people about what have you spent on your website? What have you spent on social media output, either your time or outsourcing it? What have you spent on things like Google AdWords, Facebook ads? Until you can tell me definitively what the outcome is in terms of business generated, which, by the way, most people can't do, it's a, it's a false idea, isn't it, that you don't really know what that's worth. Like Kelly said, you could spend a couple of hundred quid and get a massive reaction from something that you've put through someone's door because everyone's working at home at the moment and it leaps out a mile, doesn't it? It doesn't even have to be to the level that we want to, but it, it's a false idea, isn't it, that people think, oh, well, that's not, I need to see a return on investment. Where's your return on investment in all of the time you put into social media? Most people can't answer that question. Mm -hmm. it's, again, it's just easy. Pick up your phone. That's it. I, I often pick up my phone because I've been tagged or something. I look at it, then suddenly I'm scrolling. And I actually have, to have a little mind thing, a little thing on my shoulder saying, stop scrolling. It's not why you picked up your phone. Why did you pick up your phone? Mm -hmm. It's an addiction thing. We know that's how that these these things work, the whole scrolling thing to do with like slot mm -hmm. machines and things like that. So I think when it comes to a different method, like what you guys did and what other people are starting to do, it makes much more of an impact. But it's, it's understanding what the outcome is. Is it just to say thanks? Thanks for your support yeah. for the year, which we know that's what you guys did. Or is it to spread awareness about a different way of doing something? Yeah. And that's that comes back to sort of like more than, you know, just simply what you can what you can spend your money on, what you can spend your time on. It's some sort of strategy within yeah. your in your business, within networking and things like that. Yeah. Uh, Darren, marketing surely is about doing something different to stand out, isn't it? So if we're all doing derivatives of the same social media activity, talk about the power of, you know, PR, some of the stuff that you do, magazines, etc. How how much impact can that have in comparison? Mm. Well, I can give you a live example. This happened this week alone. We had, um, I am going to name drop here. You <laughs> know where I'm it. going with this. <laughs> I do. <laughs> we had um, Claire Balding. Um, come down to a client of ours in Dorset. Now, so okay, she was down recording her um, uh, her radio program was going to be on um, Radio Four in February. Great, that's fine. That, that's all well and good. But what I saw this week was, and I didn't click when we first organised this, was that she was so busy taking photographs of the park where she was visiting to record her program was that she was putting out all these fantastic Instagram photos of her time with our client on her Instagram, which has got 
thousands and thousands and thousands of followers. So not only is that client Ben um, going to get the radio exposure and all that comes with that, they've now also kind of hit on the, her whole Instagram followers because yeah. I was feeding um, looking through the feed and they were like where is this oh my god this looks fantastic oh this looks fantastic I need to go it's just around the corner I need to be there blah 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 so that's kind of a knock-on effect mm. just give us a little summary for people that don't really know because I think PR people don't necessarily understand the difference between that they just think that's a sort of marketing isn't it just give us a potted history or example it is part of the the whole marketing mix, but PR is about, um, and often I get asked this, what exactly is it? It's about putting information out there for lots of reasons, but it's about coming up with your story, with your angle, whatever it might be, putting it out there and then react and watching that reaction. So whether that be a TV slot or a radio slot or a magazine or even some social media influences, whatever. I'm sure we'll come on to social media influences later. So it's about just going out, telling people, this is who we are, this is what we do. Mm. That's what PR is mainly. And it's about media exposure. I think people think that's quite inaccessible for smaller businesses, which is predominantly our audience. What would you say to that? Everybody can do it. Everybody, and everybody can do it themselves, to be honest with you, James. They don't need an expensive PR agency. If you've got a story, in this day and age, it's easy, easier to connect with journalists. Mm. You just pick up a magazine. Oh, there's the journalist email address or their uh, Twitter handle. Um, I can write to them about this particular story. But it's not just about selling. PR is not just about selling. It's about have you got an opinion? What are they talking about in the news that you feel that you could input into? Okay, so it's not just about, please promote my product, please buy my product. It's so much more than that. It's about getting a name. PR's relationships, isn't it? And I mean, I, when I was a journalist and, and the good PR people would be connecting me to other people. It wasn't just they had the agenda of selling their client. And they would also make my job easier. So they'd give me an actual angle on the story they give me good photography so you can you can do that can't you whether you've got a PR agency or not like you say find out what it is that they want and give them that rather than going oh hello you don't know me can you give me some publicity that's a common yeah. error isn't it, it, it? It, that just does not work and journalists can see through that so when we communicate with the uh, with the media from our point of view from our clients we do one of two things we either write and distribute press releases so a news item what this company is up to, what award they've won, what their business is growing by. But we also do media pitching, and I'm not sure other agencies do that. So what that means is we would go to a journalist, as you just said there, James, and say, look, we know that you're interested in this particular sector. Here's some suggestions on future articles that you might be wanting to write about. It would, it would make your life a whole lot easier then, James, wouldn't it? So we're coming up with the angle, and then we, then we would say, by the way here's some suggestions and here's some commentary that we can provide if you decide to go down that particular idea of a particular story. Yeah. So two different things there, press releases and media pitches. I find that really interesting. We've, we've been a client, so we've worked with you, and um, I think it was quite eye-opening for me uh, having the interview with Charlie Rose. So three hours talking about the business, and, and like you, you quite openly said, you could do this stuff yourself. Mm. Yeah. And, and we could have done what she did for us. Ourselves. Yeah. We could have yeah. done that ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Of course we could. 
but would I have thought to cover the amount of things that Charlie did? Mm. You know, it was a three-hour conversation purely about business, about what we've done, what's important to us, and asking questions that really did make me think. And and then I'd go, oh, oh no, I've forgotten this, and I've forgotten that. So that, to have that outside perspective looking in and building that picture of you in your business is so much different to what you would do if you were doing mm, it yourself. Mm, mm. Because we're a bit too humble, aren't we? We don't really want to push the boundaries too much. We don't want to shout too much about ourselves. So to get somebody else to do it. Mm. And there's also the fact that often people are too close to their own yes, story yeah. as well because they are so busy running the, their business or whatever, they're too close to it. So often people have said to me, oh, we don't have any news stories or or, or we're not, we don't do anything exciting. Yeah. I guarantee I could go in there and say, there's a news story there. What's that member of staff done over there recently? And, and they would say, oh, they've done so-and-so. Oh, yeah, we've just won that. Oh, yeah, we've just won this new client. Great. That's yeah. all good content for PR purposes. It's a fine line, isn't it? You mentioned we're too humble. I mean, you all know that a lot of clients are quite, I'll say it because I'm allowed, I'm just a journalist, quite arrogant. And they think, well, because we're putting this out, it must be interesting. It's like it doesn't work that way, does it? You've got to find out the point of interest and not try and write it for them because you look like David Brent, wouldn't you? And that episode where he's trying to write the article for them. It's just cringy, isn't it? Let's talk about some of the other channels because I really don't want to get bogged down with social media. There's lots of content out there about how to do better social media. I've just come out of a list of ways to communicate with your potential audience. And this was off the top of my head. Email, WhatsApp, pr uh, print press, lumpy marketing. So something through the door. Influencers, you mentioned groups so this could be on social media but certainly forums and things like that networking mm -hmm. is a huge way to communicate with people an audience forget, honestly people forget that networking is communicating and it is pr mm -hmm. and it is marketing as well people tend to forget that and mm -hmm. i always stress networking is pr and is marketing yeah but you know just off the top of my head look at all those different avenues but they don't get that much attention, do they? I mean, is there any there that leap out for anyone that they'd want to talk about? We talked about the lumpy marketing, haven't we? But I think there's one thing that you picked up on just now when you talked about the box you were putting together mm. and the strategic partnerships. Yes. Again, from a PR and marketing point of view, strategic partnerships are key because they become your ambassadors. So you said that, you, I think you picked up about four different strategic partnerships yeah. that you developed putting that box together. Yeah. That's four fantastic strategic partnerships you now have in place who are who have become your ambassadors, another marketing tool. Yeah. And that, that wasn't on your list, James, was it? Again, people tend to forget about the importance of strategic partnerships. I think a big thing for us this year has been, we mentioned the awards that you helped to centre, so the Great British Entrepreneur Awards. We yeah. got invited onto a panel the other day that they put together, just business owners, and, okay. and that was really eye-opening, wasn't it? Because as you say, that, that's networking. There was obviously a debate going on and all the rest of it. And we did sit there and we, we thought, wow, we, we expected to be the little fish in the room, which in some terms we were in, in, in size of business, but in terms of thoughts and how you're coming across and what you're saying and is, uh, is, is your messaging matching your brand, that was quite interesting, wasn't it, in yeah. the talk? Because I think for us, that's where we've come so far. We've nailed that. We know what we believe in, the culture, mm. um, who we want to mix with, who we want to partner with. And that to us stands out a mile now when a business doesn't do it. 
Well, let's talk about that brand, you know, and I've put a note down about how do you stand out? And I've, I've said in my notes here about being bold. It is how much of a challenge is that? I I think um, standing out is just being authentic. Mm. Obviously, having a culture, but being authentic of who you are, how goes a long way with PR marketing. Because if you if you put out, let's say, I don't know, leaflets, digital, whatever it is you're putting out there, and then they meet you in person, and it it doesn't match, it's not going to work. Give you a prime example to do with marketing. We put out our own podcasts with breakout videos which my apprentice is on as well we go to a meeting straight away they feel comfortable with him because they've they, they feel like they know him because we come across authentically mm. yeah. online and i think that's a really big thing at the moment with any sort of networking any sort of pr marketing you can't put something false forward it won't won't work mm. and like with and that comes down again down to your culture and i agree with this i can't say strategic properly <laughs> Um, alignment with people who complement your business. You know, like with myself, it's going to be people in marketing and PR, um, copywriting, script writing, all that sort of thing. And that helps build the awareness much more than just simply winning new clients, winning new works. It's about building that that network. And obviously, through only is one of the best things. But I think I, I would say being authentic is, is people want to know the real people. It doesn't matter what size your business is. Uh, Sean Tumor, as an example, he said a year ago, I don't want to be the forefront of my business because, you know, it won't be able to run if I'm not there. He's now flipped it the other way. I'm like, I want to do talks. I want to be the front of it. I want people to know him as X, Y, and Z or whatever. Get to know the person behind the business. And I think that goes a hell of a long way now. I agree with you. I think this year's highlighted that. We choose who we want to work with based on their culture, their ethos and, and what they believe in. I think going back to your point, being bold and having an opinion, I think there's a fine line. <laughs> yeah, of course. I, I think I think it's good to be strong in what you believe in. And if it is something you absolutely stand for, if you're not offending people and it's not causing an uproar, fine, feel free to share that. You do have to be careful, though, because we're in business and, and you... Do you really want to be spreading your dirty laundry out there unnecessarily? There's a fight. There's a Is fine a line. If you're having line. a bad day, don't go and put it all over social media. It's yeah. not going to do you any good, even if it is to do with your business. Always, I always think there's always, out of every negative, there's always a positive. Yeah. Focus on the positive aspect of it. But I suppose this is coming back to your original point with um, social media just being kind of there and then it's gone. That stuff doesn't. That stuff sticks around for mm. ages because mm. people comment on it. You don't fall into that trap for print or, you know, award ceremonies and things like that. You don't see any of that maybe touching on the kind of negative side of things, do you? No, not at all. Um, I just want to pick up on a point that um, you made there, Andy. There's, there's a technical term right now, which is quite a fashionable name, called omni-channel. Omni-channel. And omni-marketing. Now, that is exactly what you were talking about there, Andy, in the fact that if you're putting a message out there, make sure it's consistent across all your marketing channels mm. so that if people do meet you in person, they are not surprised because what you've said on social media um, may be completely different to what you're putting on your website or what your PR is about. Um, so that's a, a real new buzzword, oh, omni-marketing. Omni how do you spell it? O-M-N-I. Oh, right. And that's about making sure your message is consistent. That's what you guys only do so well. Yeah. Your messaging is right on brand across all of your channels that you use. And that's hard. 
It yeah, and hard. you've got to know hard. what you're believing. And I think there's a confusion with this term bold. I think when we say, right, be bold and be be bright and stand out, I think people confuse that with being noisy and controversial. So I'll give you an example, and this comes from Casey Newman, actually uh, alerted us to this one, but Patagonia, so the clothing brand, um, they're built into their value system is the idea or one of their goals is to improve the the global environment because their well their their um sort of justification is very simple that if the the world declines we haven't got a business so it's our mission to make the world a better place and and clean up the environment so one of the marketing things that they did is on black friday they closed the stores and told people not to buy their products because they're trying to get you away from this notion that clothing is disposable and there is no cost behind buying cheap clothing. We've got enough of it. We should buy clothing that lasts us longer and we should take better care of it, etc. Very, very clever. And some people might find that really cloying, but the people that get that, and it has to come from a position of actually believing it. You know, you'll know, Darren, back in the day, there was a, a always there could be quite a gulf between what the marketing department was saying mm -hmm. and what the business actually did, you know, and then someone would call up the business and go, your advert says this. And the, the fulfillment team are like, I've got no idea what that is. So that's, again, an alignment of values and what you believe in. That's being bold. It isn't about just making noise for the sake of it, is it? Mm. It is a very fine line, as you say, but picking up on the clothing brand there, example that you've used, here we are, we're sat around talking about it. Exactly that. Yeah. That worked. <laughs> it works, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah it's very true. So brave, it's, there's lots of brave things like that happening, and I think people are very cynical, and they'll see it as, oh, that's a good marketing ploy. And, but I think when you look into brands like that, Brewdog are another one, aren't they? Katie brought that up. Is that they're very bold and very brave in what they believe in and, and the marketing that they put out. But you trace that back and if you look into the business, you'll see the story of the founders and the way the business has grown. And you can see that flow right through from the beginning. Mm. That's the difference. Mm, Anybody can put a statement out, yeah. put an advert in a, a paper or whatever. But as you say, if you're picking up the phone and you're actually interacting with that business, does that follow through? Networking is a brilliant example of this, isn't it? All business networks went online. We were, I'll say it because you can try and disprove this, we were the first that... A, moved online during lockdown and because we literally did it overnight. And the other first for us, we were the first to declare we are keeping our meetings online forever and we will do optional face-to-face -face, um, only experiences is what we're calling them, just live events when we can. We got off the fence and we alienated people and people were saying, yeah, but I only want the face-to-face -face bit. Fine. We can't provide it. And that is not the future that we want for us as business people and for our network. We would rather find the people that get online networking, the erosion of geographical boundaries, the fact that it's more inclusive because no one's excluded, etc. We can't provide for you. That's one of those key moments, isn't it? If, the, if you sit on the fence because you don't want to alienate someone, you are never going to build a proper brand. Because you can't appeal to everyone. You can't, can you? You can't mm, please yeah. everyone. And I think what's important there is if we do come across people that don't want to network the way we do, fine, because we're not all robots, we're not all going to do the same thing. We'll point them to other networks that can fulfil that for them because we're all in this together and that's the collaboration thing, isn't it? But I don't want to appeal to the whole world. There's more than enough people to go around mm, for everyone. Mm, so as long mm. as we as a company know what the alternatives are, 
and we can point people in the direction if they don't appeal to us. That's great, isn't it? Well, you get, you get into the trap, don't you, where you're saying, look, we're doing this online networking because we're waiting to go back to the old way of networking. But I read between the lines. What you're actually saying is this online networking bit's not really worth anything. But then you're trying to sell it to me as a concept. Online networking is good. Just that bit's better. Do you know what I mean? You're, you're tripping over your own messaging there, aren't you, by not being bold enough? Let's just sum up. There's, this is quite a big topic, isn't it? But Andy, what would your takeaway be for better business communication? So I would say um, consistency is definitely key. That's nothing new there. But I'd say to be authentic yourself. We do it through the power of videos, video things like, and you know, podcasts and stuff like that, but have the consistent message. So consistency and being authentic is going to be the biggest thing you can take away, I think. Perfect. Thank you. Darren, any final thoughts? Perhaps look at doing something fairly old fashioned, like some lumpy mail. Yeah. Yep. There's a place for it. We've talked about the importance of, uh, from your from your point of view, and how successful it was for you. So perhaps there's something there, and not just rely on social media. I love that all the time. I think that's brilliant. Yeah. What Darren said. <laughs> yeah. Now I, I think we, we used to get so much posts, and I'm first person to say I'd be at the door to see what it is, and we don't get any anymore. It's it's boring, isn't it? So, but think about who you're sending stuff to don't pick stuff based on what you like <laughs> think about who your audience are and you know it's going to cost you but have fun in it because mm. the the point of it is happened to us today Optima sent us a lovely Christmas parcel it's lovely thanks even, Sarah yeah thank you Sarah I haven't even looked at it all yet because I want to sit down later and I want to have a cup of coffee I want to get the box out and I want to see what's in there so that's giving someone an experience isn't it not just marketing for the sake of marketing we'll probably get home and the kids would have eaten what's in it hopefully not was there chocolate there in was it? chocolate yeah, no chance <laughs> thanks for joining us everyone that's the only podcast and we'll see you again for the next episode please subscribe like share and have a great month everyone thanks